Namaste and welcome to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken with your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. This is Cindy Lindsay Royale for Divine Lineage. Join us on the web at www.divinelineage.org. And at this Christmas time, why not look at the courses on our website with offerings around connecting to Jesus and Mother Mary? You know, Christmas time can be a time of miracles. However, all sorts of times around the world where people's minds and hearts are tuned to the divine are special timings to connect into that consciousness. When so many people hold a consciousness of love and are thinking on God, it can boost our own consciousness, but it can also broaden the global effect of our divine energies. So Christmas time, like other spiritual timings, are perfect timings to ride the wave of the thought energy on God and to help us connect to the energies of God in our own lives. So I want to use this Christmas for our own connection into the energy of God. To help us, I'm abstracting a process from Hallmark Movie Channel. Okay, hang in with me here. I know, I know, but sometimes great wisdom can be found in the mundane. And so I must admit, I'm addicted to Hallmark Movie Channel. At Christmas time, they run all day long Christmas movies, and all those movies have a totally similar formula, and so they're completely predictable. They also have shameless product placement. So, you know, I'm binge-watching this and asking myself, what is the appeal here? Why am I so addicted? But when I came up with what these movies are doing here, I began to realize that was the draw for me, and that might be the draw for many, many people. Every single one of these movies supports a consciousness of change to the divine. All the Hallmark movies show a consciousness-changing journey of the main character, and always they shift from that states of upset and pain or worldliness, selfishness, financial consciousness, greed, to a beautiful consciousness of a miraculous nature of life, of love, of true love, of the importance of loving and giving to one another and the community and to the family. And this journey to this enlightened consciousness obviously times contains pitfalls and challenges and of course at Christmas time miracles. So I started thinking, you know, if Hallmark's doing it, it must mean that a huge number of people actually long for and want this shift of consciousness. So although we may innately know and yearn for these things, it's a good time to remind ourselves how to actually get there. In the Hallmark formula, everybody makes their change by getting some understanding of what stands between them and the consciousness of bliss that they're seeking, or may not even know that they're seeking. And this always takes trials and tribulations and eye-opening confrontations, and yes, of course, miracles. Then they begin to open 
open to love, open to divine consciousness, open to the miraculous, open to that aspect of miracles which is around them all the time, but they did not even perceive before. And in opening their hearts to embrace the love, to embrace the miracles, and to embrace giving to others in the community, finally, they end up believing in love, in family, in humanity, in miracles. So, okay, since we're coming up on Christmas, and I am addicted to the Christmas movies, and there are so many people now thinking on love and miracles and the divine, and clearly so many of us yearning for that, I want us together to use this energy to propel our shift to divine consciousness. I want us all to be in our own hallmark movie of transformation. So I'm offering in this Soul Talk episode some challenges and promises to embracing a miraculous change of consciousness. First, put your mind and heart on God. I challenge you, think on God. Now, there's a lot of bumper stickers and things out there saying, think snow and think happy and so on and so forth. Why not think on God? And I promise you, the blocks between you and God consciousness will become clear and you can wash them. And when you do, you'll be able to feel the energy of God in and around you. So our first challenge is for 41 days, to think on God three times a day for 20 minutes each time. Choose a form of the divine, however you understand God, use that, or use any divine soul whose mission is to lead people to the ultimate truth of God. For example, forms of God, divine mother in any of our forms, or your own version of God from your religious viewpoint, Yahweh, Allah. Or examples of divine souls are like Jesus, Mother Mary, Shirdi Sai Baba, Sri Kaleshwar, or Buddha. If you're doing this at the time when others are thinking on a particular form of God or divine soul, hey, ride the wave of that energy by choosing that form for this practice, like at Christmas time, choosing Jesus or Mother Mary, for example, or the Divine Mother. Then set your times to just meditate or think with open heart on your chosen form of God. Now, the the goal of thinking or meditating is to have your loving consciousness solely on God or the divine soul for that time. So it's a form of connecting and aligning through the open heart and with the divine energy. Now, to help this, you can hold a picture of your form of God or of the divine soul in your third eye, or if their picture, um, you can't see that in your third eye, you can can look at a physical picture until you can start to see that with your eyes closed in your mind. And if you happen to know a mantra to connect to that form of God or that divine soul, uh, inwardly chant that mantra as well. Then really notice and feel the energy that's there. Sri Kaleshwar used to talk about really taking some time after every meditation and mantra process to just know that energy, to feel that energy, to reflect on that energy. 
Because we need to be able to recall that energy to us at times when we're not meditating. We need to use it in our lives. We need to understand its nature and its uses as well. And this is one of the ways we move ourselves in our practice from stages one and two of the illusion into stage three for those who know those stages. So feel it, watch it, memorize it, even try to recall it into your day when you're not meditating. To feel the energy, I find it helps to set that intent of feeling and to actually imagine that feeling while you're setting your intent. So, for example, as part of my setting intent, I ask, fill me from head to toe with your energy. Let me feel your energy as waves in me. Let me hear your voice in my mind. Let me see you in my mind. Let me see you with my two physical eyes. And I imagine each of these as I'm asking for it. And for me, that adds a depth to the process or kind of sets the tone for what I'm about to do. Now, if you've chosen a divine soul for this process, hey, why not add the practice to connect to a divine soul? Keep a picture of the divine soul by your bed. Each day or at night before going to sleep, chant 108 times the divine soul's name plus your personal mantra. So you need a personal mantra for this one. And if you need that and you don't have one, you can email me at cindy at divinelineage.org and I will send you a list of, of personal mantras blessed by Sri Kaleshwar for you to choose from. So the practice is 108 times a day, divine soul's name plus your personal mantra. Then first thing in the morning, look at the divine soul's picture. So you're going to have this picture right where as you open your eyes in the morning, the first thing you do is look at the divine soul's picture. And if you're doing this first thing in the morning, looking at the divine soul's picture, why not then do your first 20 minutes of meditation on the divine soul? Okay, so I know that some of you are probably thinking, I don't have 20 minutes three times a day. I actually assigned this diksha to myself, and I too thought I probably couldn't do it. But then I remembered Deepak Chopra, who was talking about uh, a man that he had counseled, and he gave the man the homework of doing 30 minutes meditation per day. And the man complained to him, I listen, I, there's no way I can do that. I don't have 30 minutes to meditate per day. I'm far too busy. And what Chopra said is, then you need one hour meditation per day. <laughs> so true. We are too busy. And that's exactly why we need to do it. So give one hour purely to God. You can wake up 20 minutes early or go to bed 20 minutes early and then find one other time per day. You you can do it. And the reason I assigned it to myself as three 20-minute periods is because sitting for an hour is hard for me. I'm not the greatest meditator. But also because what I found is that if I have this multiple times a day, that there is a way in which it infuses my day and my night and my dreams with that same divine energy that's extremely pleasing. So I highly recommend the 20 minutes three times a day. However, I have to admit that uh, when I recently did this uh, with thinking on the Divine Mother, it was actually sort of excruciating at first. And I found I couldn't keep my mind on her in any 
of her forms for more than a few minutes before my mind was just wandering off. And sometimes it wandered to the mundane because I am not the greatest meditator. But worse than that, my mind was wandering off into these old things that I'd done. Oh my gosh, am I not over these? These old shames, these old pains, these old hurts. It was so excruciating. And I began to judge myself. You know, what's wrong with me? Can I not keep my mind on God for even a few minutes? I'm a terrible meditator. I'm terrible at this. How can I possibly be a spiritual person if my mind is this monkey and I've done all these horrifying things in my lifetime? And I, I, I was going down with a bullet. I was going down so fast into the unworthiness of this. And it, but then again, I started to think, hey, wait a second. Unworthiness is my deepest issue. So after some time of really kicking myself, I began to think, okay, maybe they're showing me this. She's showing me this unworthiness. And that's the point, that the unworthiness is what stands between me and her, between me and the total consciousness of God and mother. Aha, this process was putting me through my challenges and my struggles to reach the consciousness of God, of the Divine Mother. And I think that's how it works. I think if you really want to attain God consciousness, then you really have to look at what's standing between you and that state of consciousness. What is the consciousness you're carrying around at the unconscious level? What's the consciousness you're carrying around at the illusion level? What's the consciousness you're carrying around in you that just is nothing like the consciousness you're trying to attain? So don't give up. If that happens to you, it's a washing. It's a washing of what stands between you and your changed consciousness, the consciousness of God. And, you know, there's a process to washing washing you can use here. First of all, notice it. Notice what stands between you and God. Not by sinking into it, like I did at first. Not by sinking into those feelings and thought, but by choosing to be a witness to them. That means you have to start separating yourself out from the feelings and the thoughts that are coming and just watch them and how they play, really understand what's the issue there rather than finding yourself immersed in the issue, feeling the feelings, regretting the experiences, and so on. So first, just get to that place of noticing. Second, learn. Determine to get the lesson and then to not behave that way again, if it's something that you did wrong. Third, forgive. Ask and give forgiveness. Ask the form of God or the divine soul that you're meditating on to forgive you. Whatever you did, their forgiveness is there, and it is a bliss. And if you want a forgiveness process, Please look at the previous soul talk or listen to the previous soul talk on erasing shame and and, uh, the energy of mistakes. But then talk to your inner self and forgive yourself too. And forgive everybody else who was involved in whatever happened. Forgiveness is a bridge to God consciousness. 
Finally, embody. Turn your mind to feelings of the forgiveness of God coming into you. Really feel that energy coming to you. Really feel it inside of you. Really embody that state, forgiven and forgiving. There's also a beautiful mantra you can add to this to wash all sorts of blocks as well. And it can be found in Chapter 2 of Sri Kaleshwar's book on Jesus, The Real Life and Teachings of Jesus Christ. I think it's not a coincidence that this block-washing mantra, this old-issues-washing mantra, can be found in Kaleshwar's book on Jesus. If we're going to reach that consciousness, we have to clear these blocks to that consciousness in us. Now, as I did this over the weeks, um, my wandering mind did begin to calm. Uh, You know, I'm still not the greatest meditator. It wasn't a miraculous healing on the meditation abilities, but I was able to stay with my mother images and thoughts and feel the divine energy in me. Okay, so our second challenge and promise is Aham Brahmasmi, everything is God. Now, part one to that challenge is God in nature. So I challenge you, spend 30 minutes in nature each day connecting in to the God in everything. And I promise you, you will find what you're looking for. As Sri Kaleshwar said, wherever you go, there is God. I am God. You are God. There in the flower, there is God. There is God in everything. Aham Brahmasmi. So each day until Christmas, and including Christmas Day, go alone into nature for 30 minutes and sit or walk looking on everything there with eyes of love. Open your heart. Feel that love feeling in you. Look at everything, loving what you're seeing. Notice that beauty, the silence that's filled with life, the deep underlying laws of nature that are there in front of you, the the loss of the leaves on the trees, the changing of seasons, whatever may be there that explains mother and God's action that is in force all around you. Look at the power and the majesty of that. Marvel at the intricacy of even the smallest things. God's hand is there. Feel the wind, the cold, or the heat, the sun. Smell the vegetation. Smell the precipitation. Smell the earth itself. Use all your senses tuned into and pointed at with love towards the God in everything. Be embraced and enveloped in the nature. And as your meditation intent, just keep telling yourself or knowing, this is God. As the Buddha said, if we could see the miracle of a single flower clearly, our whole life would change. And it would. And it does. 
And Sri Kaleshwar once talked of the saints whose whole process to enlightenment, to reaching the Divine Mother and God consciousness, was just to sit in silence in nature. They learned everything from that. And so can you. Okay, part two, God and others, is the next part of Aham Brahmasmi. Not just in nature, but in people. So I challenge you, see God in everyone you encounter. And I promise you, your compassion and heart will grow, and your relationships and your sense of connections to all beings will improve. You know, if we're looking for a consciousness of miracles, miracles live at that state of oneness of all things when we can enhance our feeling of connectedness and oneness with nature and with human beings, we are attaining our closest ability to connect to the state from which miracles come. So for 41 days, try to think, where is the spark of God in this person? Where is the spark of God in this person? And at first, it might be hard, first of all, to remember to do it with every person, yes, um, but just keep trying. And sometimes, if a person's giving you a really hard time, it will be even harder to do. I, I get it. But just keep trying. As you try it, it will become easier, I promise you. And the spark of God is there within all of us. So attune yourself to see it. And I highly recommend that you especially do this with your family and friends. You'll see the relationship shift as you do. I'm going to give my example with my husband, but it can be done with all friends and all family members. But, okay, my husband, he likes to come home and tell me about his day. And sometimes, uh, you know what, I don't know the people he's talking about, so the stories really don't mean that much to me. And other times he tells these very, very detailed explanations of the things he did in building a cabinet or something or changing a lock that day and how we overcame this problem or that problem there. And you know what? I don't know how to do any of those things. I don't do woodworking. I don't do construction. So um, you know what? I can get completely lost in those details. And unfortunately, I found myself sometimes just like spacing out and spacing out during the very time he wanted to connect to me by telling him me his day. This is like the worst moment for me to space out on him. So I decided that, you know, even if I could, could not fully appreciate what he was saying, I needed to at least appreciate him. So, um, you know, it, it was like a shift of consciousness just to do this. I started looking for the man beneath the stories. That beautiful man who wanted to share his life with me and his day with me. The man who cares so deeply about so many people in this community that I I don't even bother to try to know. The man who works hard and with passion. The man who enjoys figuring things out when there's a problem. The spark of God and his soul in him. And then finally, 
I was not only attending to his stories, but I had something to say back. I reflected to him the divine soul I saw in him. And even if he had a bad day, full of negativity and problems, I could still see in him the person who wants things to be right, who wants to find the answers that heal. And as I did this, I could feel the love rising up in me. I could feel the innate goodness in him. And you know what? He responded to that. I could see his response. He felt so satisfied and so happy telling me. And then I felt even more connected to him and more in love with him. And sometimes even a very bad day became a very good day after our talks. So I highly recommend this as a way of retuning your relationship. Okay, the third challenge and promise, giving without expectation of return. I challenge you, give to others freely, irrationally, without any expectation of return. And I promise you, when you do, the love of God will be in and around you and even passed on to others. Now, I think most of us know this one. And when we give freely and open-heartedly to others, there is a great joy in that. And Christmas time is a, a good example of a good time for giving. You know, there are so many opportunities. You can go to divinelineage.org and give to their food drive for the poor and the hungry. You can feed the hungry in your local area or give to the coat or the present drive. Give to the Santa on the corner ringing his bell. But also, you can just give a small help to a stranger. Or smile at someone who looks like they need it. As Mother Teresa said, not all of us can do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. And she also said, we shall never know all the good that a simple smile can do. A simple smile. You can give that. No question you can give it. And it will be received and it will make a change. You have no idea all the good that a simple smile can do. Yogananda offered this prayer. Let my soul smile through my heart and my heart smile through my eyes that I may scatter rich smiles in sad hearts. Oh, that's how we create everyday miracles. And there's a, there's a mechanism that he's talking about. Let my si- smile, let my soul smile through my heart. Okay. There's, you have to be smiling in your heart. You have to have open-heartedness. And my heart smile through my eyes. You will feel that. If you have that open-heartedness, you can let that eyes of love thing happen. There's actually a sensation to that. I mean, it's really quite marvelous in itself, this miraculous feeling of that love coming out through your eyes, that I might scatter rich smiles in sad hearts. And that eye-to-eye connection is a soul-to-soul connection, a heart-to-heart connection. So you see there's a mechanism of transmitting divine energy here that is there in Yogananda's prayer. 
Let my soul smile through my heart, and my heart smile through my eyes, that I may scatter rich smiles in sad hearts. Okay, fourth, and our last challenge and promise, believe in miracles and look for them. I challenge you, see miracles in all things. And I promise you, when you do, you will realize miracles are everywhere, all the time. And further than that, you'll open yourself to a channel of energy, which is the miraculous energy. Miracles are everywhere, but we're not seeing or believing in them. Everything in form around us is a miracle of God. Even Albert Einstein got this notion. He said, there are two ways to live. You can live as if nothing is a miracle, or you can live as if everything is a miracle. Yes, live as if everything is a miracle. But how to, how to perceive that, how to do that? Well, I'm going to use my dear friend as an example. I have a dear friend that sees miracles of God and God's hands everywhere. If she finds a heart-shaped rock, this is God sending her love. You know, she interprets the bumper stickers she sees as divine messages. She hears songs on the radio that are giving her exactly what she needs to hear in the moment, and that's God talking to her. She opens each book just to the right page to receive her thought for the day from God. And and you know what? When I first met her, which was many, many years ago, I was really trying not to judge this. But, uh, you know, I did think she was making a whole lot out of a bunch of coincidences and superstitions. But as I knew her longer, I noticed that she did have more events in her life than most of us that even my suspicious mind would call miracles. So, for example, uh, each time she ever found herself a bit down and out, some money would magically come her way, and it was always just enough. And one time she had a terrible car accident and was unconscious right after that, and she said that she felt someone reaching down to her to pull her up, and that made her come to consciousness. And then she was able to reach her cell phone, a miracle of itself, in this car that was completely crushed and everything thrown all, all around and able to call 911. And when the medics arrived and finally managed to free her from the wreckage, which wasn't easy, she had only minor injuries. That's what her life is like. These are just small examples. So I began to realize that that she was living in a different reality than me. I began to realize I was living in a reality in which I would believe it when I saw it. You know, like that old saying, seeing is believing. Show it to me first, then maybe I'll believe in it kind of thing. But she was living in a miraculous consciousness in which it's not seeing is believing, but believing is seeing. By believing, she was seeing the miraculous in all things. But even more than this, by believing she was opening a channel to a miraculous life and to the miraculous manifesting in a powerful way in her life. So 
It's not seeing is believing. It's believing is seeing. And that reality is worth having. Thank you, my sweet friend, for opening my skeptical heart. Hey, that's another miracle under your belt. So this is our last challenge, to believe. Believe in the hand of God in all things. Believe in the natural, hidden there is the supernatural. Bimba pradibimba, aham brahmasmi. Believe in the good in others. Believe in the good in yourself. Believe in love and kindness and in giving. Believe in the miraculous of all creation, as did Einstein. You know, Sri Kaleshwar showed many people amazing miracles in front of their eyes. But he also noted that many of the people tended, even after just a few minutes after seeing a miracle, to start discounting it. That they tended to think, oh, well, you know, maybe that's not what I really saw, or maybe this thing, maybe that was just some natural thing, and I'm interpreting it, you know, rather than really seeing the miracle there, rather than engaging the supernatural that was there in front of them, they were off making explanations and excuses for it within a few minutes in their mind. Now, I do think it's human nature to try to use the illusion to explain the the miraculous. After all, we're spending most of our time attuned to the illusion, and therefore we believe in the illusion much more than we do believe in the supernatural. You know, but it, it seems to me that there's nothing lost if we believe in something that may not be a miracle. But everything is lost if we do not believe in that which is a miracle. So believe. Irrationally believe. Believe when it's ridiculous or when others might judge your belief. Believe, and you'll be connected to miracles. This is Cindy Lindsay Rael for Divine Lineage, wishing everyone a miraculous Christmas and New Year. You have been listening to Divine Talk Radio. Heal, empower, and awaken. With your hosts from the Divine Lineage Healing Center in Laytonville, California. Namaste. Namaste.